To the Mary Mac Show, where we will be talking about your feelings, experiences, and pain following the death of a loved one. Good evening, everyone. This is Mary Mack of The Mary Mack Show. And I am so fortunate to have with me Janae Watterson. And she is from Enumclaw, Washington. <laughs> I knew I was going to mess it up, so I asked her to tell you. <laughs> and which area of Washington State is that? Is that in the Southeast? It's uh, the Pacific Northwest. Ah, okay. Great. And I've known Janae now for over a year, maybe even more, right? Yeah, I think about close, close to over two years now, I think. Yeah. We were fortunate to get together over fundraising events for the Foundation for Grieving Children, which I started like two decades ago. I can't believe it's so long now. And she asked to do some work for us and became what's known as our fundraising ambassador. And she has put together lovely events about a year ago. Is it that long that you started your new shop, your new location? Our new location, we're about two and a half years old there at the new location. Wow, that long. And when she was going to open this new location, she asked if she could make donations, have her customers make donations to the foundation, which I thought was phenomenal. What a great idea. She comes up with great ideas, this one. (laughs) So uh, we raised a lot of money the day of the inaugural event, and it was very well planned out and just a beautiful, beautiful thing, Janae. Thank and as time went on, she developed at the salon daddy-daughter events. Mm-hmm. And it's like a date night for little girls and their dad. And the sole male, right, mm-hmm. stylist at Salon Kathleen, that's her salon, named after her mother, who we're going to speak about today. She's had this twice, and it's going to be another one in July of this year. And again, the individuals who come, the fathers make donations. And I just love that. It's just so great. And recently, her husband, Ryan, and her two sons, Willie and Waylon, is that correct? Correct. They raised even more money when Ryan went up and down a mountain. (laughs) It was 
called the Peak 24, and he completed the entire event and raised oh, so much money. And for that, I thank you so much. Oh, happy to. It was oh. my, my pleasure. <laughs> oh, my God. It was just such a phenomenal event. So today I get to speak to her face to face. And I'm so grateful for you doing this because I want to know more about your mom. And so her mother's name was Kathy Rogers. And she was killed in a car accident when Janae was 17, right? And her mother was 44. And she left behind her father and three female siblings or sisters, I should say. (laughs) And so now, all these years later, this happened in 1996. Mm -hmm. And Janae feels comfortable to speak about that incident because when her mom was killed, she was in the car with her. Mm -hmm. So this is heavy duty stuff. Yes. And I really wanted for her to be with us because I'm sure there are others, other females and males who, you know, they've gone through this. They may have been in a similar situation where they were on the scene when their parent or sibling were killed. Mm -hmm. So I thank you so much, Janae, for being here today. Of course. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I would like to start by asking you to tell us about your growing up years. Okay. Um, Well, I had a fabulous growing up years. Um, I grew up right here in Enumclaw, where I still am with my family. Yeah, my parents were fabulous parents. My sisters had fun. We played sports. My parents were both super supportive in, in that. We were very much in a spiritual home. My mother was a very strong Christian woman. So our household was surrounded with Jesus, which has given me a very strong foundation in my life and why I even can be talking to to you today, Mary. So yeah, we had fun vacations. My dad had his own um, excavating company, so he worked for himself. So he was able to take vacations with us. And yeah, I mean, just real normal and healthy and fun. Yeah. And as you grew, how were your high school years? Were you very active in sports then too? Yes. Yes. So I was very, very active in sports. Um, Well, when I was younger, I played whatever, every single sport. But once I got into high school, it was narrowed down to basketball and volleyball. But basketball was definitely the number one sport in my world. (laughs) Uh, And so, and I had a really, really great experience with basketball, uh, high school basketball. The, the only upsetting thing, like when you, when you asked how, how was high school sports, it, it was really, honestly, after my mom was killed, high school just wasn't the same. So sure. Sports that I would say basketball was what kind of got me through the rest of my high school because I was a sophomore when it happened. So the next two years were a huge struggle. So I'm just very thankful that I stuck with basketball and it just kind of like got me through high school because it was at that point, I couldn't relate to really anybody in high school anymore. It was tough. tough. Sports were amazing for me. Sports were amazing for me. So that really helped you. That's great. Yeah, Yeah, it really did really help me kind of, it helped me just kind of, uh, I think when I look back on it now, and I didn't know really at the time, I just it just felt good when I was on the court. 
Mm-hmm. Now looking back, I feel like that's where I was. If there was any grieving going on, that's when it was happening. When I was playing basketball, I think when I was a teenager. Wow. Yeah. And did your dad and your sisters, did they grieve in all different ways? Did everybody have a different? Absolutely. Absolutely. And we still do. Ah, interesting. Still do. We're still very, very different on how we grieve. And I'm very aware of it. And I think they are too. But yeah, still to this day, I would say. That usually happens in a family. Everybody takes their own time, their own stride. Right. Yeah, for sure. I've definitely seen that in my family. Would you please tell us the day that this happened? Okay, so 1996, November, it was in November. So I believe it was the 13th. I believe it was the 13th. So I was a sophomore in high school, 17 years old. And my mother and I were going to get our hair done. And I, again, I was the athlete. So I didn't really care to go do this. But my sister, I was like, what am I doing? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And for what reason? (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, why am I doing this? Uh Uh, But uh, my sister, my older sister, the one that's right above me, I'm the third of four girls. Oh, wow. um, Yeah. So that my sister above me, Jody, who's two years above, above me, she was getting married. So her wedding was in like two weeks. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so I, my mom was taking me and with my basketball schedule and all the stuff. It just was like, she had already, they'd already all gone and gotten their hair done. But for me with busy with sports, I had to go at a different time. So my mom was taking the time to take me up there, which was like a dr- like a 40 minute drive to the hair salon that we were going to, to her hairdresser yeah. who ironically I ended up working for and trained under and worked with for 12 years. <laughs> after, I know. Um, just so the audience knows, so you know, Salon Kathleen is after Janae's mother. Her name was Kathleen. They spoke of her as Kathy. Is that correct? Right. That's correct, Kathy. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. it's an ironic twist of events, so to speak, yeah. that she became a hairdresser herself. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. It's very interesting how the things panned out in my life, really, when you think think about it. But uh, God has a plan. That's for sure. If you listen and you follow, um, you know, he's going to provide. So, um, so we were on our way there and we got, we got into an accident and my mother was not killed immediately, but she passed away in the ambulance on the way to the hospital. And Mm -hmm. I was in a different ambulance. So I didn't really know what was happening, but so it's interesting because like even my sisters have asked me questions like, and I really don't remember a lot. And I think maybe that's maybe the Lord protecting my heart or maybe it's, I don't want to remember things, but um, Mm -hmm. I don't remember a lot. I just remember the initial wreck and being confused and just in an ambulance and going to hospital. And then my family is all there and that's really it on that. I just thought she was getting out of the car. I wasn't hurt real bad. I just had some cuts and scrapes on my face and stuff. So I think the biggest shocker was just coming home from the hospital and still not really understand. I think you're just so you just, when you're told, you're just so like, that's not really what's happening. Like you're yes. just in, in shock. Totally in shock. Really mm-hmm. out of body experience. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, we just got, we got back to the house and 
I don't think it's still very, you know, I was 17 and I was the type of kid that was very, very, very relied on my mother. Like out of all four of us, I was the one that was, I stayed home a lot. I didn't stay at other kids' houses that much. I didn't go out much. I, with friends, I, I mean, I did, but for the most part as a homebody and even at a young, 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 young age, I was just always with my mom. So it's very, I mean, my sisters would tell you that. So it's very dependent on her. Mm-hmm. And so I think what, what it was, was when it was all happening and getting back to the house, there's really not much I can say about any of that because I, from what I was told, I don't, I didn't speak for about a week and wow. I was in bed for about a week. Yeah. Wow. So I don't really remember any of that. Who told you that she died? Well, unfortunately, I had a bad experience. Well, of course, the whole situation was a bad experience. But um, one of the firefighters that were on the, on the site had just come into the ambulance and just kind of just said it to me. Because they, I I, they hadn't taken my ambulance off yet or something. I don't know okay. if I was where. And so he had just come in and told me, which I think was looking, I mean, completely inappropriate. Like he shouldn't have been the one to come. I didn't know who he was. I was a kid. Right. Just kind of marched in there and just said, and told me. And then I think that's when I went kind of catatonic. Yes. I just kind of, I, from, from what I was told again, I, I didn't go catatonic immediately, but I, for like the first minute there was like shaking and convulsions and things. And then the same guy had said, okay, well, we need to give her something. And then, oh, yeah, I'll never forget this. Oh, we have to give her something. And I remember thinking like right away in my heart, nope, I want to be, I want to feel this. Like that, I feel like that was a very adult thing to think when I think about it now. Absolutely. At that age. Yes. Yes. I just remember thinking I need to feel this because if I don't, it's not going to be good. I just didn't understand it, but I knew I needed to feel it. So that's at that moment. And I remember this, that very clearly, I just went catatonic. And then that's when I'm telling you that I, can't remember really anything else. I think that's when it started. I just don't really remember being at the hospital or even the ride back home or just that whole. And apparently, like I said, I think I was, I didn't talk and I was in bed for a week. Wow. Yeah. So pretty traumatic for a child. For sure. Yeah. One of the really, another, just my, how my life works is I had a boyfriend at the time and that boyfriend was Ryan, my husband, who is my husband right now. <laughs> so and he's we been were, with you through this whole time. Yes. He's been with, well, we had a, a gap. He was, he was my boyfriend during that time. And then, you know, I just couldn't, I mean, I was, you know, I couldn't ha- do my life. I couldn't. Yeah. And so we, I, we broke up and then we ended up getting back together like seven years later and getting married. So, yeah. yeah. So he had a really good relationship with my, my mom too. And we have that bond, which is amazing. And he understands it, you know, so it's been, he's been a huge support for sure. That's precious. Thank you. To know that, you know, he knew her. So Mm -hmm. he knows exactly what, you know, you lost. Yes. He does. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He, he grieves too, you know, and it's funny, Mary, because I might be jumping the gun here on, on how we want to talk about this, but you know, when I finally got help and 
worked a lot of years through some things. I, when I was maybe four years into my therapy for grieving and post-traumatic stress is when I realized, oh my goodness, Ryan, okay, he's grieving. It was like this whole other thing that I was like, oh my goodness, because he would start to see me do the work and the counseling and all the things. And then I would talk to him about it. And then he would start to like talk to me and I could tell that he was needing to get stuff out. And it's very interesting because you, when you, when you get that stuff out of you and you create space, like healthy space, it opens your mind and your heart to like, Oh, like I was able to see that he was hurting as well with that situation, you know, grieving, grieving my mom, you know? Wow. Yeah. And as time went on, what would you say were some of the toughest times where it was it her birthday? Was it the holidays? Oh. Was it your birthday? Oh, um, well, I would say like all of those things, all of those things you just touched on for like the first like two, three years was just like, especially being a kid is just too much. It's just all of it's just bad. You just want to just get through the day or you just don't want to get out of bed on that day or you know you just try to be with your sisters on those days but coming to time the time now my toughest days are are probably it's interesting it's a good question my birthday mother's day and easter those are my three probably toughest days i feel like of the year now when the, all the other ones are tough too, but I think those ones were all, will always be days where I like will kind of sit by myself and make some time to just kind of like, you know, reflect and think and cry and, and feel whatever comes up. Yes. Yes, exactly. And giving yourself permission to do that and the time and space to do it is really very valuable in its own it really, way. It really is. I agree with you. It's a must. It's a must because there, there were so many years where I didn't, there were so many years where I, I went straight into doing what I did with basketball, Mm -hmm. which was use that as my tool to greeting, which I didn't realize I was doing that, but I, I, that's what I was doing right into hair and my career. And so I was kind of like one of those functioning, like people who have been through traumatic, you know, as grieving and post-traumatic situation uh, stress and see it's even hard for me to say it because it's just interesting when you find yourself you know dealing with those things when you didn't really know that was happening but yes I interviewed a gal two weeks ago and she went through PTSD as well and she was the same way she started to have anxiety attacks and she didn't even know what was going on and until she finally went to therapy, they worked through it until, and she was diagnosed with that. And it made her feel like, okay, I'm not going out of my mind. 110% can relate to that because that, <laughs> that is why I sought out for help. And I was 17 when I lost my mom and I was 37 when I finally, that's almost 20, that's 20 years later that I went and found someone to help me professionally. Wow. And that long. And I was just like the gal you were just talking about. You just felt strong enough to deal with it. It was like, or even not strong enough. Like it was almost like I had like a, it was like, 
I was getting sick all the time. I was overworking myself like so bad, like unhealthy, um, losing weight, losing hair. And I finally was like, what am I sick or is something wrong with me? Like, you know, and then I realized, and I, I'll never forget it. I remember I pulled my husband, Ryan, into my bedroom and I just started bawling. Right. And he was like, oh gosh, what's wrong? And he didn't think it would be anything what, like what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I think that, that I need help. I don't think that I have even dealt with my mom's death. I don't think, I think that I've been running and running and running and running for 20 years. And I have to stop. I have two boys that I need to be strong for. So I got a really beautiful referral from a really good friend to an um, amazing therapist who is, um, she specializes in post-traumatic stress and grieving. And I've been working with her now for, oh gosh, I want to say close to five years. And it was pretty, it was pretty intense. The first two, first year, I'm not going to lie. It was twice a week. It was rough, but um, I definitely was one of those people going through that, but running from it in a way where I might, I picked my career. And so here I am running a business and I would just like with my career, I would just set a goal, hit it, set a goal, hit it, set a goal, hit it, set a goal, hit it. And that's what made me feel good. And it just never stopped and never stopped and never stopped until 20 years later. It's like, okay, let's, what are we actually running from? Even though I was very successful at all the things, just like I was on the basketball court. Right. But it, when I went in into my first, I think it was even my very first appointment with my therapist and like going back to your gal that you interviewed a couple weeks ago, when she literally said that I'm suffering from post-traumatic stress, I just was like, thank you. <laughs> That's what's happening. I was like, you're kidding me. And she's like, absolutely. Oh my goodness. You're only telling me this tiny part of your story. And Yes. And so just knowing that was just like, okay, now I know I'm not sick. I know I'm not crazy. I am literally like have this and here I go. I'm going to conquer it and let's go. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. I'm so grateful that you got to find her. That was wonderful. Yeah. She's just brilliant. I get to see her once a month still and she's absolutely the most brilliant woman I've ever, ever gotten to speak with. And I, I just adore her. <laughs> oh, so good. Yeah. 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 Lucky. Very lucky. Mm-hmm. Very lucky. And I'd like to ask you of all the different things besides therapy that you were helped with. Can you tell me other things you might've done that helped you so that our listeners Mm-hmm. And our viewers might gain from that. Mm-hmm. I know you said that your faith really, really did help you. Yeah. And thankfully, I was raised, I mean, it was just instilled in me from the get go, which was fantastic. But then at that same time, where I was really trying to, when I was like 37, 20 years later, I was like, I need to get this figured out, was when I was really diving into my Bible and doing Bible studies quite a bit with some really close, beautiful friends of mine. And that helped me extremely just to know that like, I have that support from Jesus Christ. And I know that like, if he's there, he's there for me. 
And he's got that story and a plan and all the things that you just are get annoyed with. Really, you're like, why am I going through this? Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> why is this happening? Why this happened to my family? And why I can I can say now, I do understand why I had to go through some of this pain. But I would definitely say my faith in um, building a stronger relationship with Jesus was is definitely my number one thing that has helped me. Would you say that there were times where your faith wavered a little bit along the journey? Yeah, great question. I um, when my mom was killed, I it was Jesus was gone for probably ten years. Yeah, mm-hmm. ten about ten years. I I was not happy. Yes. <laughs> Um, like, how could you do this to me? Yeah, Why would you do this to me? I did nothing exactly. wrong. She did nothing wrong. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Like, why are we being punished? Like, how could you do this? Like, we're good people. My mom was like everything to uh, my mom was everything to everybody. She just was that personality. Like every person in our town in Enumclaw will say that my mom was their best friend <laughs> because she just was that person. That's so nice. She's just a wonderful human being. But yeah, so I was not happy for a lot of a lot of years. So I didn't practice my my faith for that long. And then and then as soon as I started bouncing back into it, and it was really when I became a mom, Mary. When I became a mom, um, that was a whole nother thing where I was like, oh my gosh, I'm a mom now. And like now I'm like what I what my mom was to me, I am to these little boys. And so that was a whole nother thing of like, oh my goodness, not going to be good enough. Like she's not here to help me. Like, how is she, I, how would she do this? All those, all those things, you know, that yeah. we go through, we lose a parent that we need in our lives. And missing her guidance and advice. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. And thankfully I have, my sisters are amazing and so we really, really, that's another thing that was helpful is that I had three sisters and we're all two years apart and we're very close and I was able to go to them for those things and they did their best and I did my best and we still do. We still do our, we try to do our best <laughs> to be there like in that way. So I would say my sisters were a huge support too. So if you can find people, they don't, you know, there doesn't always have to be siblings, but people you can trust and that love you and support you because, because when you're going through something like this, you're just mad. You're mad. Yes. You know, you, you really big time, big time mad. And some people are more mad than others. And some people hang on to the anger more than others. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I've seen all of this. And so, and I, my anger lasted, like I said, probably, probably 10, 12 years. I was pretty angry. I mean, I wasn't mean to people, but you know, like that, yeah. I was just like, couldn't get past being angry. So then if you have that in your heart, it's kind of like, almost like most things that you do, you kind of go to that because I just wanted it out. Yeah. I just, I just wanted it out when just wanted that out. And I'm thankful that I was brave enough. That's the other thing is being brave enough to seek help because it's really scary because you're already in pain and you know that if you're going to go seek professional help with like counselor or therapist or, or, or pastor, you know, it's just going to get, it's going to be worse. You're going to break even hard, harder. It's going to hurt even more to crack that open so you can heal. 
you know, I had to go through that. Took me a long time. When you have such a sudden death, not Mm -hmm. that anticipatory death isn't difficult, Mm-hmm. You know, because when someone, for instance, has an illness or whatever, and you've been helping them along and maybe they went through remissions and back and forth, you know, you're never okay with the fact that they died just then. Because in your head, you're thinking, oh, it's another few months or another year, or they'll be in remission again, like before. So you never, it's always like a sudden death to them in the sense that, why is it now? Why wasn't it a month ago? Why is it a month from now? And in your case, when it's such a sudden death as like an accident or homicide or suicide or anything that's like right in your face, I mean, you can't prepare for that at all. I don't care what anybody says. Nobody prepares for that kind of a death. Yeah. And and thank you for saying that because that was one thing I think would be, was going to, I thought would be important to talk about is just like when families go through this, especially like the sudden, like you're saying, like my family went, went through, you're not prepared. No, your family has no idea what, what to do. My, my dad did his best. He didn't know what to do, did his best. Amazing. My sisters too, all of us, but like, you're, you're not set up to cope with it, with, with that. No, my suggestion, because I've been through it is to seek help as quickly as you possibly can. A professional. And maybe not always it's going to be okay for some of us. And I could say from experience, my family, because I was in the car with my mother and I was a mute for a week, week and a half. They were very, very concerned. And everyone's going through the same thing. But my dad did set me up with a counselor and right away. And I think all my sisters too, I I can't remember. And I just remember just hating that and not ready for that. I didn't, I didn't say one, I I don't think I said one word the whole time. So I guess there is when you're being, when it's a, a child, it's, it's a touchy situation because, you know, I, I really needed to talk, but I, again, I was so mad and angry and don't tell me how, who I need to talk to. Like, I don't even talk to you guys about it, about the whole thing. Like, it was more like that. So I don't know what the answer would be, but but I do know waiting 20 years is, is not healthy. <laughs> <laughs> and putting all of that, like, pain and, and grief. weight and the weight of it on your yeah. shoulders, trying to just sustain all that. Yes, it's just not, it just does not work. I don't know how it worked. And my counselor will, has said it to me too. Like, I don't know how that I was sustained that for that long, but I was just thankful. I finally, you know, took care of myself. And I think that's, that is key for people who are grieving that they seek professional help so that they can understand what they're feeling. Yes. I agree. People need to realize that, especially on the faith issue, that I don't think I've ever known anybody who was a very faithful person Mm -hmm. that didn't go through the questioning, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think we have to recognize that, you know, there's nothing wrong with you if you question God. I remember writing in one of my books, 
he's big enough to take all your questions. (laughs) Uh He's big enough to take care of all the questions in the universe and, you know, come up with help to help you and comfort you. Yes, exactly. Everybody's angry at God, but Mm -hmm. as soon as something major happens in your life, what's the first thing out of your mouth? Oh my God. Mm-hmm. You call on him. You don't even realize you're calling on him, right? Absolutely. But that's what it is when you say, oh my God, you're calling on him. So, asking for help. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. and I went through the same thing. I questioned, I didn't, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it either for very many years. The broken record kept going in my head you know, about why my stepdaughter was murdered at 11. I mean, this is not supposed to happen. But for me, I saw Joyce Meyer one morning at 5.30 a.m. I had been writing books overnight. And all of a sudden I hear her in the, I had the TV on like for, you know, noise. And I hear her and I'm listening to her. And she said, if, you know, God wasn't big enough to handle all of this in the world, then he wouldn't be God. And we, we want to know, you know, we want to know the answers to the why and how come and all that, but he's the only one who could answer it. And until you die, you're never going to know the answer or why the whole thing was set up the way it was. Mm -hmm. And you have to come to a place where you can let that be. You can accept that. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. it's not yep. easy. It takes yep. a long time. And like you were saying, you go through all that anger. And so I would just like to say that to our audience, it doesn't come easy to get to the place where you can just let it be. And the reason that you want to do this is so that that stupid broken record in your head you know, that keeps playing, you know, around and around that you want to completely go away. It doesn't go away unless you're willing to get to a place where you realize you're not God and you're not going to get that answer. And if you could just let that be and remember the beautiful things that you've been through with your mom, you know, and concentrate on them. Absolutely. I'm thankful that I can do that at this point in my life. I am 44 this year in May, and my mother was 44 years old when she passed. And so I've always been so weird, even at 17, deathly afraid. It's the, I can't explain it, but deathly afraid of turning 44. Yes, yes. Yeah, just, I mean, weird, but can't explain it. But, um, Did you think it was because that's when you might die? I think there was a fear of like outliving my mom's life. It should, I was going back to like, that shouldn't happen. Like I, like I, I, I'm older than, than my mother. Like I never really had the thoughts of, I might die at the, at 44. I I don't have those thoughts. Thankfully I'm appreciate that, that my brain's not doing that. But I think it was just like feeling of outliving her because it's, you know, she's my mother and I shouldn't be older than her. <laughs> it's just, it's just kind or of sad. You shouldn't, or you shouldn't be able to live more life than she had. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think it just brings me back to like, and, and you'll, you'll know back to your back to the grieving spot, like these things, these, this is one of the things that would bring me back. And so like, I think maybe just thinking about it makes me think, makes me sad, you know, sure. but I, I will say in like November ish of last year, 2022, I don't know what it was, but I literally was thinking about this turning 44 almost daily for like two years. It was just in my head. Mm-hmm. In, in November, I don't even know, but for some reason, well, of course, November, because that's the month that the accident was. It's always reasons for things, but it was like in November and I just woke up and I was just like, I'm going to spin this and I'm going to have the best year ever. Like I'm going to, so I'm going to run a half mar- half marathon the first time ever. It's in September. Oh, wow. And that's a big um, feat. Yeah. I have a couple things that I'm like, I'm going to do these things that I kind of always want to do, but never had the time because I, I, you know, working a lot and a mom and running a company and things like that. But, um, and it kind of flipped really quickly for me, Mary, a quick, a quick. So it's like almost this, the year of like showing my mom, guess what? <laughs> Look what I did. All this stuff. I'm going to be better Look than you. I did. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be so proud of me. Yeah. You're going to be so proud of me. I'm going to do this stuff that you probably wanted to do. And like, I'm going to be older than you and you're going to be so proud of me. And like, you know, like that kind of a thing. And it just, yeah, yeah. I haven't gone back. It has been nothing but positive turning 44 since, since That's that day. Phenomenal. Yeah. I'm very thankful for that. Yeah. It's amazing what we can do in our minds. I mean, our mind is really everything. It really is. I mean, yeah, I agree that it's taken a while for me to learn it, for all of us really to learn it. Everything starts in your mind, how you feel, what you think, what you expect, what you plan for, your goals, everything is there. It's creating the space once you start working through your grief and your trauma. Mm -hmm. And once you start, and I am a testament because I know I've, I've been through this. And once you remove those things, it creates space for all the good things to come, you know, that, that can come back into your life or your heart and your soul or your mind. And I think that's really true. And I think that all of us who are grieving, we kind of like hold on to that a little bit because there is, you know, you, I went through feeling guilty about trying to get through this grief and, oh no, I should be feeling like this the rest of my life, you know? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of people who go through that. It's like, how can I move forward with my life when my mother's not with me? And how disrespectful is that? Yeah, I went through that. Yeah. Yeah. I went through all of that. And so I just would settle on being sick. And as I was working through that first year of work, there were times where I was like, whoa, you know, I just feel. I mean, you just, you do, you feel like you're supposed, like, it's, it's really interesting because you feel like you, you, you're supposed to stay in that state. It's so ridiculous to honor that person that you lost because like you just said, how can you move on and, and get rid of that and fill it with love and happiness when you're missing that person so desperately? Yeah. And they're not here to live the rest of their life. Yeah. 
And so for some reason, you just take on the feeling of, well, if they're not here and they're not living their life, then I'm really not supposed to be able to do that either, which yeah. we all go through. Yeah. Yeah. It's like another, like you were saying, in, in, in your mind, making up stories to help you understand what you're going through. But it's just, yeah. And that's why seeking help the sooner, the better. Because it's not a lot of people like that 20 years of my life that I didn't seek help. I still kind of truck through and I, I did great. Like I married an amazing man. I have two beautiful, really respectful, good boys. I built a, a business that's successful. And that's not really n- normal, I don't think. But I put all of my pain and grief into that so I didn't have to feel it. Right. But I think a lot of people might choose more negative things and, yes. and then progresses into issues and problems and it like ruins your life. And so the sooner the better with getting help with these things when you're, you lose a parent or um, parent like figure in your life, especially young kids. Just so I love your foundation so much. It's why I just knew I needed to be a part of of you and your foundation because I really just kids are so important in our world you know yes they are grief is it's something that you cannot you don't know what to expect along the way there are just different things that are going to pop up at different times and we all feel them And sometimes we think that it's not natural or normal, but they are. They are. Everything you're feeling is natural and normal. And you should never make yourself feel wrong or bad about whatever's coming up for you. And if people in your family or in your circle of friends don't understand those particular feelings, that's the best way to go to a therapist and get confirmation that you're okay. You're really okay. It's going to be okay. It might not feel like it today or tomorrow, but it will be okay again. There's going to be another part of your life that will circle around and you're going to be all right. Yep. And going back to the what you were saying about, you know, that your circle, your family or circle of friends might not understand what you're going through or what you're thinking or what you're saying and, you know, seeking professional help is is important. And I just want to touch on, I think I said it earlier, is like, we don't know, people don't know what to do or say, or no, ah, it's, it's not anything that it's uncomfortable for people. So that's why in grief, it, it is very important to talk to a professional because even though you have your people who love you so, 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 so much, like even like my family was going through exactly what I was going through, my sisters and my dad, but like, we had no idea what to do. Yes. No idea how to help one sister, me, or how to help my dad. Like, you just don't know. You don't know. We're not, we don't have the coping skills to figure out on our own how to cope with that. So that's why I, I know I've said it a hundred times in our conversation, but to seek professional help is just was game changer for me for my life is completely. Oh, just, I can't even really say how thankful I'm so thankful 
that I was brave enough and found my my girl. That's so great. And you mentioned that Ryan, your husband, knew your mom. Mm-hmm. And so he, you know, had his own grieving process to to go through. Yeah, definitely. And it's interesting that I didn't even really see it until I was you know, a year into my therapy is when I really noticed, oh, okay. So I think, I think Ryan is grieving. And I just straight up like asked him, I was just like, um, so you see all the things in the last year, year and a half of what I'm doing. And cause you know, he's living with me He's my husband. He sees the progress. He sees what I'm doing. Right. Mm-hmm. So I just asked him and he just was like, wow. And he got very emotional. He's like, yeah, you've never asked me this. And I'm like, well, cause it's been all about me all these years. All about me. Yeah. <laughs> and when I was able to work through stuff and literally just ask my husband, I want to ask you, you know, you were so close with her and in our family for so long. And he was actually there that day that it happened and a lot of good stuff came out of it. And he was able to, from that day on able to, he's kind of grieving with, with me, like he's able to share more. Well, because you gave him permission to open up. Yes, exactly. He probably mm-hmm. didn't want to come forward with it because he thought that would even hurt you even more. Exactly what he said. Interesting. Exactly what he said. He said, I would never have, have ever brought it up all these years because I there's no way I'd give you more to deal with than you already were dealing with, with your grief and your pain. And I'm like, well, I think I have some space for, for you now. <laughs> I have space for you now. So let's talk. And then it's, and we, we still do it all the time. Like we had a conversation about her just almost every day. That's almost great. And I just love how everything came around because you said you were on the way to a hair salon to um, take care of your sister's wedding. Well, the hair you're going to wear for your sister's wedding. Yeah, we were going to get our hair, My just my mom and I to get our hair done because my sister was getting married two weeks later. So she was taking me to get a haircut and all those things. And so, yeah, we were going to get our hair done. <laughs> by her hairdresser who I still adore. And I ended up after hair school working for him for 12 years. I find that amazing. It is. It is. He, he's trained, he's trained me and he, I worked with them for that long. And um, he's still, he's, yeah, I've got some pretty amazing people in my life. He messaged me on my birthday and mother's day and he, oh, he's how nice. Yeah, he was very close <laughs> to my mother too. Everything yeah. comes turning around. It's it's just amazing, isn't it? And now you own your own salon called Salon Kathleen. Yes. And yes. the website is saloncathleen.com. Mm-hmm. And say the name of the city again. Enumclaw, Washington. State. <laughs> yeah, Enumclaw, Washington State. In Washington State. <laughs> That's so wonderful. Well, I want to thank you so much. Is there anything else you might want to share before we close out? Oh gosh, man. I do feel like I, I talked a lot more than I thought I would. Um, (laughs) No, I just, um, again, just really hope that people can get out of this is that it's hard. It's painful. It's not fair, but there is a way to survive. 
if you take the right steps, if you have faith, you will survive. And um, seeking help is is the first step. Opening your Bible is actually the first step. Opening your Bible. <laughs> that's that's really all. I just want people to know that like I was in a really bad way for a long time, and I am so good now and happy and have an amazing family. And I do have my hard days, like we talked, but you know you can move forward and you can be happy. That's all I want to say. <laughs> Thank you for being here with us. Janae, I appreciate your friendship so much. And I'm so grateful that you came and visited us today and told us all about your, your wonderful mom, Kathy, and your family and all you've been through. And look at how beautiful and healthy and happy you look now. I'm so grateful. <laughs> Thank you, Mary. I appreciate you. And I honor our friendship as well. I'm so grateful for it. Thank you. We'll talk again soon. Good night. Thank you. 